Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in this most holy moment as we stand at the foot of the cross. We stand at the foot of the cross and we watch. We watch and we see and we hear. We hear what happened and we know that all of this took place because of our sins. Lord, help us, give us a very special measure of your spirit today as we hear your word. Help us to mark it, to take it to heart, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to live it in our everyday life. Lord, we ask this in your name, and all of God's people said, Amen. You know, I will always remember uh, the afternoon of November 22nd, 1963. I was a freshman in high school. It was the afternoon. I was in band class. We were in the gymnasium practicing on the stage. Our band instructor was usually a pretty happy guy, but this particular day he walked in and he didn't look very happy. He came to the podium and he announced to us that President Kennedy had just been shot and killed. And understand, this is a public high school. And he asked us to take a piece of music out of our folder, which we would play. Anybody have any idea what it might be? It was the words to that hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded. You know, what a tremendous impact his death had upon our nation, had upon people in my generation. The 1960s only seemed to get worse after that. President Kennedy's brother was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated. And every night on television, we saw constantly American soldiers being brought home from Vietnam. It was also during that time that my grandfather uh, died on my birthday. You know, for the first time in my life, I came face to face with the power of death. And you think about death, it separates us from our loved ones. It causes moments of despair and loneliness. And sometimes it even uh, seeks to get us to question everything that we've been taught and everything that we believe. But you know, there's one death that has impacted our life more than any other, and that's the death that we have come here today to remember. Matthew's Gospel tells us that at the moment of Jesus' death, when he said those words from the cross, it is finished, Matthew describes in great detail all of the other things that were happening. Of course, the first thing, that Matthew records is at the moment of Jesus' death on the cross, that great veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. This veil was literally, it covered an opening that was, get this, 80 feet high, 24 feet wide. This veil was made out of layers upon layers of fabric. A Babylonian curtain of sorts that was described as the thickness of a man's hand. The moment that Jesus died, the veil was torn from top to bottom. 
at the very moment when the high priest would have been preparing the sacrificial lamb for the sacrifice for the people's sins. Again, the Holy of Holies, where God promised to dwell among His people, separated the Holy of Holies from where the people were at that moment. Again, the curtain was torn to signify that Jesus has made peace between sinful people and a holy God. That He is our priest, our bridge builder, our go-between. That moment at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, imagine you're in the temple. Imagine the many eyes that are there witnessing this event, staring at it in shock and amazement. The same moment of Jesus' death, Scripture also tells us that the earth began to quake. Earthquake, severely breaking open large rocks. Historians that lived during that time tell us that in the known world, entire cities and villages were swallowed up by this earthquake. Jesus' death also did something else. It caused the graves of many of the faithful to be opened up. Remember that a Palestine grave was either hewn out of rocks or some sort of cave. Again, the earthquake broke away those stones and opened the grave of many of the believers. Matthew tells us that it doesn't say that all the saints were raised, but many of them were. And you have to believe that God selected them for a special task, to give witness to what was taking place. God had a job for them, not only on this day we call Good Friday, but on Easter Sunday morning. They would walk the streets of Jerusalem, and they would give witness and testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. Now I can tell you that if my parents, who are now with Jesus in heaven, If I saw them walking the streets of Selene today, that'd be enough for me to believe that what Jesus says is indeed true. The next thing that happened at the moment of Jesus' death is the Roman soldiers. We had a couple of fine Roman soldiers standing out greeting us today. You know, the Roman soldiers, the Roman centurions, um, they were a part of a group that crucified people. A centurion is a a head soldier of a hundred men. And they had witnessed these crucifixions over and over and over again. Uh, Probably didn't bother them too much. But at the moment of Jesus' death, as the sky darkened, as the earth began to shake, the Roman centurion says what? Truly, this man was the Son of God. You know, as he saw Jesus hanging from the cross, the people ridiculing him, throwing their taunts at him, saying to him, if you really are the Son of God, then come down from the cross and save yourself. And yet, Jesus, what does he do? He prays, he prays for his enemies. Who does that? It led the Roman centurion 
to say, surely this was the Son of God. Think about what a witness, the Roman centurion, saying this in front of fellow Roman soldiers. Truly, this was the Son of God. The moment of Jesus' death when he said, it is finished, all of those Old Testament prophecies that had been given were completely fulfilled, those concerning his death. Especially the words of Psalm 2, Psalm 16, Isaiah 53 that Larry read. The Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. He will justify the many. He will bear our iniquities. And as Jesus gave up his life, at that moment, of course, he said, it is finished. Tell Estai, which means the work of your salvation, I have completed it. I have finished it once and for all. And there is nothing that you can add to it. Simply receive it as a gift. Is it any wonder that the saints arose? You know, Jesus' death was already bringing forth the fruit of life. Because Jesus has paid for sin, sin no longer has to be the master of your life or mine. You and I have been set free. And as Emily said so powerfully this afternoon, where would we be without God's forgiveness? Question for us this afternoon, though, is this. How is Jesus' death, how has it impacted your life? How has it impacted your words and your actions? I pray that it has powerfully impacted it. Because you see now through the eyes of faith, those who trust in Jesus know without a doubt that the door of heaven stands open, open, opened onto you. You know, I just came from the nursing home. And there's a lady dying up there. And she's not sure of her salvation. She knows she's a sinner. But she really does know who Jesus is. And I simply reminded her of what she'd been taught. But you know, even at the moment of death, the devil doesn't play fair, does he? He's always trying to hammer away at us. He's always trying to get us to doubt what Christ has done for us. I want to simply close this afternoon with the words that I shared with you on Christmas Eve. The words of Jesus. For the sake of all people, I allowed my enemies to overpower me. I endured the mockery of a trial. I was sentenced to death. I was declared public enemy number one. And as such, I was sentenced to death, death on a cross, nailed between two thieves. After much suffering, I gave up my life. And I was laid to rest in a borrowed tomb. But I'm here today to tell you that nothing, nothing could keep me in that tomb. You see, through the power of my Heavenly Father, I was raised again to eternal life. Since my ascension into heaven, centuries have come and gone. But I still remain the central figure of the human race and the only true hope of eternal life. All the armies that have ever marched, 
all the navies that have ever sailed, all the kings that have ever reigned, have never impacted the life of mankind as much as my life, death, and resurrection for you. And now because of your faith and trust in me as your Savior, I am here today to assure you that the door of heaven, it stands open, opened, opened unto you. We pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and as we always say, the only reason we could ever think about coming to you is because in your incredible love, you're always coming to us, always doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. The hymn writer asked the question, the question that's on our hearts and minds, what wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for me, for you? Certainly, Lord, we know that we don't deserve it. And yet, Lord, we are glad and thankful that you stood in our place. We come before you today with many things on our plate. We come before you today on behalf of uh, Emily's uh, grandfather. And we pray, Lord, that you would be with him in these last hours of his earthly life. And if I know her grandfather, I know she, he trusts in Jesus as his Savior. And the gates of heaven stand open for him. Lord, I pray that you would keep his eyes fixed on you. We also pray today, Lord, for uh, Gary Budnick's uh, mother, who is in the same place. Lord, continue to reassure her. Keep her ever strong, ever growing in your faith. We also pray, Lord, for Doug McCumber's family on the passing of his son. We pray for Bob Wolke's family on the passing of his father. We remember, Lord, those who have gone on before us, those who have fought the good fight of faith, and who are now before your throne in heaven. We ask, Lord, that you would remind us all that you are the resurrection and the life. And they who believe in you will live, even if they die. And whoever lives and believes in you shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question you ask Martha. And that's the question that you ask us. And Lord, once again today, as we stand at the foot of the cross, we confess, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I believe. So we pray, Lord, that you would be with us as we go about our task this day. Give us your spirit. Help us to give witness to our faith in everything that we say and do. And together we stand and we pray the prayer that we were taught a long time ago as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.